kind of symbology. What is at stake? It is a big idea. A new world order where diverse nations are drawn together in common cause to achieve the universal aspirations of mankind. My question to you is, in any of your government jobs, have you ever been briefed on the subject of UFOs? And if you have, when was it? What were you told? Well, if I had been briefed on that, I'm sure it was probably classified and I couldn't talk about it. Got out in 1989. We had cataloged 57 different species. We walked over to one side of the lab, and he said, "By the way, we've discovered a base." The very word secrecy is repugnant in a free and open society, and we are, as a people, inherently and historically opposed to secret societies, to secret oaths, and to secret proceedings. And we are live, finally, at 1 a.m. overnight on the Dark Matter Radio Network and PSN Radio. This is Skywatchers Radio, and I want to welcome everybody listening in to our very first live episode on Overnight. I'm excited to be here. My co-host, Alan Weiler, is excited to be here, and tonight we have a fantastic guest. Uh, it's so good to have this gentleman on because I've actually, you know, been a kind of a fan of like what he's been doing, Alan, for a little bit. And I reached out to try to get him on and I couldn't like really make contact with him. And by pure accident today, we were able to make contact with him and we got him on the show. Mr. John Hansen is going to be on with us and he's going to join us in about 25 minutes and uh, super, super excited to have him on here. And uh, Alan, how's your week been, my friend? It's been amazingly amazing, actually. I haven't been on the road this time around uh, for a bit. Uh, to say the least, I am having an amazing uh, little bit of time. I'm having a little bit of good time off. Uh, I'm recharging. I am looking at the sky at night based on where I am in this wonderful world. So uh, I- I'm I'm okay. You sound okay. Actually, your connection sounds A-OK today, my friend. Woohoo! I guess the girlfriend's daughter is not playing something on the Xbox. Ooh, I said a magic word. I must get paid for it now. Yeah, um, yeah we got to work something out with the uh, Microsoft people. But check this out. Uh, John Hansen, our guest tonight, is a uh, retired police officer. He spent 27 years in the service. Uh, he was contracted by the Sun, uh, see, by Sun Serving Officer, now Police Chief Inspector. Told him about UFOs uh, back in the '90s, and he's been uh, into the subject ever since. And we're going to talk about UFOs, and we're going to talk about uh, his uh, book. He has a series of books that he's put out, uh, which are called Hunted Skies, which are really interesting. And did you say hunted? Hold on, did you say hunted or haunted? Hunted, hunted. Okay. Haunted, haunted skies. Hold on, based on your accent, based on where you're from, you have to spell that for me because I'm still not sure if you said hunted or haunted. H a u n t e. Haunted. Okay. Haunted like, skies. Like I haunted said, I just couldn't tell. Uh, for those of you people who agree with me, you are welcome to call in and agree with me that you could not tell if he said haunted or hunted. Probably couldn't. But either way, even if it's haunted or haunted doesn't really matter. Call in either way, 786-245-8127, and join in on, on the conversation. We're going to have open lines all the way through the show, especially when John gets on the show. Uh, I know he'll love to take your calls and uh, talk about his stories and uh, about his book, 
uh, his series of books, which are really cool, Haunted Skies. That's right, folks. Uh, He's going to be plugging his book, but he is not going to be plugging it that hard. We are here, obviously, not to try and solicit stuff, folks. Uh, We want people's opinions and views. Correct. So call in with your opinion and views. And, uh, you know, there's a lot of stuff that uh, we were talking about earlier, uh, you and me, Alan, we were talking about what to talk about tonight, what news to, to get into. And uh, there's been a, a few um, few things that's happened in the last uh, few weeks. Of course, we weren't live last week, uh, unfortunately. Uh, so we were, you know, we missed all the news that happened last week. We couldn't talk about it. But there's been a lot of uh, reports out uh, in the world of ufology. But I did want to open up, before we get into all that, with something that happened that wasn't ufology-based uh, ufology that just happened uh, recently. Uh, the passing of Harold Ramis. Oh, yes. He, what is it? Ear today, Egon tomorrow. Oh, um, man. This bummed me out, dude. I, I mean, I grew up a huge Ghostbusters fan. So it's as not soon as just I heard Ghostbusters, he though. you got to understand. Caddyshack. Caddyshack. And I know Grand Cindy. Hog's Day, yeah. I, and the funny part is, is I actually know Cindy Morgan, the hot blonde from Caddyshack. And she's still just as hot. And for those geeks out there, she actually also played the female lead in Tron as well, too. Um, oh, no kidding. Yeah, really. Um, so, you know, it. It's a shame that he passed. Um, there's enough people that are mourning him. We'll mourn him as well, too. Um, it, it, it was a quintessential movie, and since they did, they were working on, I don't know if it was pre-production or mid-production of the third Ghostbusters movie. I'm curious to see what's going to happen with that. Well, it was in pre-production, but it hadn't uh, moved into the production stages yet. It was still like uh, they were reworking the script a little bit. I think they yeah, had just they do that finally, even. finally they had gotten uh, Bill Murray to sign off and said he was going to do it. And now we lose Harold Ramis. But uh, what a brilliant comedic mind, dude. I mean, we really lost a, a, just a, an amazing filmmaker, director, writer, actor, comedian. 100%, yes. It's, yeah. And it's a shame that he... He passed, um, uh, uh, you know, and, you know, there's no details on how he passed, but, you know, hopefully he went peacefully into the night and, you know, and I hope everybody that's out there gives him best wishes. Every There's enough people, geek and non-geek alike, that have said something or mentioned something on Facebook. So, um, you know, it's it's a shame that he's gone. Yeah, no kidding. Uh, they did announce, by the way, they are moving forward with Ghostbusters 3, so... Really? That it's happening. Yeah, they're going to move forward with it. I mean, that's a huge franchise. You, you know, eventually they're, they're oh, going yeah. to well. go back in there. Uh, but, <clears throat> yeah, I just wanted to open up with that because, again, uh, I'm a huge Ghostbusters fan. I'm a huge. Uh, See, there, Harold you Ramis almost fans. did it again. You almost said, Shut up! I'm trying to have a moment here. <laughs> this, is a, this, is a, a, like, this is a sad moment, man. We lost a comedic legend. I'm not arguing that we lost him. It, you Stop know. making fun of my Cuban accent. Well, you, you, the you, ladies love the Cuban accent. Um, yeah, when you're walking down 8th Street, I've seen those videos. You don't want to talk about that on air. Oh, oops, sorry folks. No, you really don't, especially not on the Dark Matter Radio Network. Maybe on Cyber Love Talk, which is on PSN Radio only, but maybe you could do it there, but not Dark Matter Radio Network. Well, you know, with all the conventions that I do, I sometimes get invited to these weird one-off conventions, and that particular thing was mentioned at that convention. So. Anyway, moving right along into some actual news. Yes. Uh, Farrakhan begs for big UFO reveal. Uh, have you seen this? President Barack Obama opens up. Uh, he says, President Barack Obama, open up Area 51. 
there's nothing left in Area 51 since nothing. it became public knowledge. Um, you know, there's nothing left there. So, in my personal opinion, um, yeah, forget it. You're done. Goodbye. Uh, now, check this out. It says here, during the uh, final installment of his year-long uh, sermon series, uh, in this, I'm going to quote here, Time and Must We... Time and What Must Be Done. Uh, the minister, Luis Farrakhan, called President Barack Obama to open up Area 51, a government location known for sparking conspiracy theories surrounding aliens and UFO landings. President Barack Obama called science, call a scientist, he said, open up Area 51 to scientists to the whole world because you, America, are the leader that Allah God has raised and made you powerful, that he might make himself known to you. Farrakhan said all that. Okay, and, I, uh, hold on. Uh, i got to ask a question. Does that mean that, you know, I know there's Bible thumpers. Do we now have Quran thumpers in this state? We do. I guess you, you, can, you can label Farrakhan a, a Quran thumper. You know, is that a proper term? Because I, am I the first person using it? Has anybody else used this? You might want to, like, look into that and maybe coin that and copyright yeah. it. I mean, I mean, yeah, Quran thumper. Um, yeah. Anyway, it says here, and I quote: "And if America calls for scientists uh, of Earth to take such place, they will respond." Talking about our buddies up there in space, okay. uh, the Nation of Islam liter uh, leader said uh, that calling uh, the scientists to the uh, location would show them the sign of the uh, presence of God to right the wrongs of the earth and heal it. How the hell that would work, I, I really have no idea. I'm thinking uh, what's going to probably happen is is uh, Farrakhan's going to get his wish, and the problem is is that it's going to pop open the whole uh, religion debate, and it, he's going to find out that Allah was... It's not that Allah doesn't exist, but Muhammad might not have been a prophet. He just had you know an alien implant, and they were sending him the wrong messages. It'd be kind of funny if one day we find out that all the messiahs this planet's ever had were all like aliens or humans with implants, and they were like being controlled by an alien race on like uh, Alpha Centauri or something like that. Uh, I think that the long distance bill might be way too high at that point. Yeah, but if you're an advanced enough race, though, Alan, you got to admit, I mean, they could work around that. I'm pretty sure they have super fast internet. Well, hold on. Here's the question, though. I mean, I'm I'm trying to be serious now. Um, have we proven, even with the hardened collider, can things travel faster than the speed of light? And what is it that does? Well, now you're asking me for way too much at this time in the morning. <laughs> That's right. Remember, we are it's... now at 1 in the morning, Al. And, I mean, just remember that. But hold on, folks. Now You're asking for of... too much science here on air, on hold, the spot. Hold on, Come on. All of you what am I, a that... machine? Hold on, am I a hold robot? On. Hold on. All of you people that are listening into this conversation and have more than the capability of just buying a vowel, call in now and help us answer that question. If That's you a have, good idea. You know, I really want to know the answer. Ha you know, I mean, I know the Hardened Collider exists. I know that uh, there are subatomic particles that do travel as fast as the speed of light, but have they been able to clock anything faster than that? And how would messages get sent Pre, would it be instantaneously at speed of light or pre-instantaneously faster than the speed of light? Um, this is actually a legitimate scientific question that I don't have the answer to. And I'd love, no. based on the amount of listeners that we're being told we have, I'd love for someone to call in and answer. 
That would be a lovely thing. Yeah, so guys, if you're listening in and you want to call and answer this question and shut me up because I have no idea what the answer is, 786-245-8127. But this article goes on to say, by the way, you can look us up on Skype also. Look up PSN Radio and Dark Matter Radio Network. And Keith Rowland, our webmaster and chief of operations, will patch you in somehow, some way. I don't know, but he probably won't. But if you look up PSN Radio, you could definitely patch in. Anyway, moving on. It says, Farrakhan maintained that Obama would place the shadow government quote-unquote here, uh, in a coalition that is uh, this year controlled by the global elite and has seemingly uh, veiled Area 51 and UFO in secrecy uh, in danger of being exposed if he complies. Uh, you know, it's funny because since Obama became president, dude, it's like this is the craziest thing. Uh, people have been hell-bent in making him like the disclosure president. Like he's the one that's going to tell us about the aliens. What, yeah, I don't yeah, know what makes yeah. people think that. Like, it, like, don't worry about it. It's buried somewhere in the 23,000 pages of Obamacare. Trust me. That's it, probably it, true, the, actually. The, the same way the Obama... You know, the same guys that jo- that designed the Obamacare website are designing the Freedom of Information Act about Area 51's website. That's actually probably true. <laughs> that explains a whole lot, actually. Yeah, doesn't it? <laughs> you know? M- moving on. Let's uh, <laughs> yeah, just move on to the next story here. Uh, we have MUFON actually uh, posted a, a... I don't know if you saw this, Alan. Uh, a, a picture of a UFO uh, right in broad daylight. Oh, says, from um, Turkey? Yeah, from Turkey. Uh, says here, MUFON posts UFO photo from Turkey on revamped website. I'm sorry, that's uh, got to be either a garbage can or that's... Yeah, I, I'm calling... Photoshop, yeah. Yeah, I'm calling I'm hoax, hoax on, on it. One. Sorry, sorry folks, I call hoax. Uh, for a couple of different reasons. It's literally dead center in the market square. Right. Right. Okay. Yeah. It, it's like, I, I, I believe the guys do their due diligence in MUFON, but this one has to have slipped through the crack. Really. Do you really think they do their due diligence at MUFON? Um, I think that... At this point, I'm, I don't know anymore, man, when I'm starting to see things like that. Well, even though you know, I can say this much, it's uh, it's good to get some publicity going for the revamped website. For the Turkey website. Uh, and it is Turkey's newspaper. It's MUFON Turkey. Um, is it Turkey? Yeah, MUFON and, MUFON and Turkey, I guess, go together pretty well. But if you guys want to look at the picture we're talking about here, by the way, you can go to our, our Facebook account, facebook.com forward slash Skywatchers Radio. All one word, Skywatchers Radio. And uh, I just posted it on there. It says MUFON post UFO photo from Turkey on revamped website. And uh, this is coming actually from openminds.tv. Our good friends over there always giving us really good news. And um, yeah, I'm with you, man, because it's kind of funny. There's a there's a big old ship right in the middle of the sky, right? And not Somebody a single person a picture. is pointing at it. Nobody's looking at this thing. Then one person is up there pointing, hey, big old UFO. And why isn't this person taking video? I mean, I, I, I believe they do have Android phones in Turkey that have a halfway decent megapixel camera that someone could click and video this. It, this is the only photo of this incident happening. I call bull Twinkies. I'm with you 100%. Um, there should be at least 15 people on this video, maybe 10, you know, okay, maybe 10 or 5. Give me two people pointing. At least two people pointing. It's at least a couple people with their phones, you know, trying to record this thing with their cameras. I mean, come on, you're telling me nobody there has a good smartphone that they could just point it up and record what's there? Exactly. Really? And by the way, folks, please realize that this show is about the paranormal UFO phenomenon and everything, and we don't call bull Twinkies and we don't call hoax on a lot of things because we... 
We believe as well, too. But this one just looks so sketchy. Come on. This, this, is, this is almost as bad as the sci-fi channels, UFO things that they've you know, used as promos. I mean, this, yeah, this, it's like they weren't even trying with this as, one. This is this is like ugly. This is worse than than Sharknado CGI. I whoa, mean, this is whoa. This, that's that's saying a lot right there, my friend. Now you're. I mean, really, I, I, dude. I mean, come on. It looks like a bad cut and paste job. No, it really. This is no joke. This is uh, Billy Meyer material right here. And and the funny part is, is that you know. MUFON, you know, you got to understand, there are certain tests, supposedly, that you need to take to become a MUFON regional investigator and qualify and, you know, be able to go through the proper procedures. That's why I thought MUFON had some good credibility. You know, they, they actually make, you can't just say, here, I'm going to write a report and submit it. You've got to actually, you know, you've got to have some skills in order to be a person that is you know, director or, you know, in charge of a region or a city. And I'm just like, how did you let this slip through the cracks? Unless Allah told him, because Turkey is a very Muslim, you know. That could be, thing. yeah. You know, Allah said you must show the UFO. Now, 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 enough with the accents. We want to get sued. Okay. That's not, that's not good. Okay, they, they can't sue us because it's not defamation of a character. I'm not imitating a character in any way. Well, they could, they could be like he was imitating Allah. And that can get us in a lot of trouble, young man. What are they going to do? Find me and blow me up? That could happen. Look what ha- they did. Wasn't there a cartoon uh, on South Park that almost got those guys killed? You don't want to be like true, those true, guys. You got a point there. True, actually, speaking of that, did you hear about the guy last week? The the bomb maker in the Middle East who was teaching a class on how to make bombs and blew his whole class up. Well, that's just epic. <laughs> I'm sorry. That, by the way, folks, that is epic. You can Google it. That's you know that that it really happened. It was in the news. Um, all I could say to that, uh, wow. Um, yeah, you're gonna have to send me a link to that. I want to check that out and uh, maybe talk about that on my other show sometime. Okay. That's that's pretty funny. Uh, moving on to other news here. Uh, we only have a few minutes before our, our break. Um, UFO cult in. A, this is hysterical, but you got to hear this. Uh, UFO cult, the Relian, the Relians, offer uh, circumcised women free surgery. Yeah, no, women. Hang on, let me get that again. They are uncircumcised. Exactly. We were going to talk about this last week. Unfortunately, we couldn't go on air, so I couldn't share this piece of story. So this is like a week old already. Oh, yeah. But oh, I, yeah, had, yeah, yeah. I had this to bring this labia, up. This is the labia and clitoral restoration thing. Yeah. Right, yeah, yeah. right, right, right. Uh, so, yeah, UFO cult, the Raelians, offer circumcised women free surgery. Now, I'm going to read this uh, out loud and follow along here. It says, the Raelians uh, sect believes that humans were created by extraterrestrials to experience joy. It promotes world peace, democracy, and sexual satisfaction. This mission has led them to actively campaign against female genital mutilation. It's such a horrible word. <laughs> and uh, to and to back a clinic in San Francisco offering a controversial reconstructive surgery for the victims. I'm actually 100% behind uh, this cult uh, thing right here. You know, I, this I, is, this I is want, a good movement. You know, there are certain rules you got to live by. Rule number one, when you're intimate with a woman, always make sure she's done before you are. And this restoration is going to help that happen. Um, th- this, the problem is... God is, bless America and God bless the doctors and scientists who created this, you know, uh, this you surgery. Know, in all honesty, I just don't understand how it's going to work. Um, in truth, I mean, th- by the way, I sent you the link uh, for 
the guys blowing themselves. The the uh, suicide bomber accidentally blows up himself. That was and real. Oh yeah, man. yeah, yeah, yeah. That's awesome. Ch- All right, I'm gonna. The, the title is class dismissed. Suicide bomb <laughs> teacher accidentally <laughs> blows himself up and 36 students. Uh, it's wow. it's dated February 10th, 2014. Yes, it's real. All right, I'm going to check that out later. <laughs> and, I, and I'll post that on our Facebook also uh, so our listeners who are intrigued, uh, they can go ahead and go over there and they can uh, laugh a little bit. But let me uh, read this real quick here. This part is really funny. It says, okay. the, uh, the surgeons claim they can restore sexual feeling and orgasms to victims. I, I don't although... understand that scientifically because okay. if the nerve endings are cut off, how are they restoring the nerve endings? Unless they're using some Raelian technology to regrow nerve endings, all they're ding, doing ding, is ding, putting ding, silly plugs. What do we have for him, Johnny? I think that's exactly where they're going with this, man. This has to be some kind of alien technology. Well, no, no, no. It says that, you know, you know. And the, by the way, the nickname of the place is The Pleasure Hospital. Yes. Um, yeah, well, yeah. I'm just like Exactly. Uh, the place opens up March 7th. So, ladies, if you've had your, uh, you know, um <clears throat> uh, Mutilated, uh, this place could help. I'm just you saying, know, you laugh, it's there for you. You know, laugh all you want, but it unfortunately is a very big. It is thing. It's a horrible thing. It, it, it's a horrible thing, and you know, it's done at, you know, at an early age. I mean, hmm. you know, there are stories of them even sewing up the whole labia, and when a girl has that time of the month, you know, it just keeps on building up and building up, and they actually die. Of you know of blood poisoning, so you know this is Ouch. a really really scary scary thing. You know the life expectancy of women that have had this happen is so short; it's not funny. And you know, I, I all I got to say is is like, folks, we might be joking about this right now, and some of you might think it's funny, but in all truth and all honesty, it is a very serious thing. It is a dangerous thing. Um, it is... Um, you're, you're mutilating and emotionally and physically crippling a woman for the rest of her life. And Good pat- news, though. Uh, the operation to restore only takes about 45 minutes, and it will be free of charge. Yeah. I, I, uh, is this the part where I get to call hoax on this one? I... I all I can see that I mean, what are they doing? Just putting a little bit of silly putty on it? I mean, really, what are they? I I, I don't understand how this surgery would take only forty five minutes, and the nerve endings would be repaired. And I, I, I'm just like, yeah, I I, I call both Twinkies. I'm I'm with you on that one. Uh, the movement uh, found several followers in Canada and made headlines in two thousand and two when uh, it claimed to have uh, cloned a human being. I don't know if that ever came to uh, fruition. I don't know if they ever confirm that happened um, listen, check this how, out how many years ago was dolly created oh that was yeah well they probably have cloned human beings at this point but check this out this year uh there are already 300 women on the waiting list coming from kenya uh mozambique. yeah that's a tough one for me mozambique. ethiopia ethiopia Senegal, mali uh ivory coast uh, everywhere the female genitalia mutilation is practice uh, okay. Shannon said, and again, this is a, hey, I'm all for it, man. This is great. The Raelian movement has uh, <laughs> was founded in the 1970s by uh, Claude Verilhon. Uh, can you pronounce that better? Hey, than me, Let me find it. Verilhon, 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 uh, anyway, exactly. Following his encounter Claude with Egg- Verilhon. 
That's a tough one for both of us. Following his encounter with extraterrestrials, uh, the movement found uh, several followers in Canada, and that's where they started. So the Canadians blame Canada. Blame Canada for that one. Minute, so, yeah, I had to bring that up because that, that was tripping me out when I read it last week. And unfortunately, we couldn't do the live show last weekend. Um, we couldn't talk about it. But I had to bring that up and, and talk about it this week. Not a problem uh, whatsoever. By the way, the Blame Canada song is obviously from South Park. And by the way, that is the only other animated movie that was – that's the only other nominated song for uh, best song ever in animation. Uh, correct. That and Frozen. And uh, one more story here before we go on break. Uh, it says here, NASA will unveil uh, new discoveries from uh, planet-hunting Kepler spacecraft Wednesday. So tomorrow, actually today, in, in a few hours, actually, NASA's uh, Kepler space telescope may be hobbled, but scientists uh, continue new, uh, to pull new discoveries from its huge data set. The space agency will uh, announce more findings by Kepler, uh, whose original original planet hunting uh, mission was halted by a glitch in May 2013 uh, during a press conference on Wednesday, February 26th. Today, you'll be able to listen to the event, which begins at 1 p.m. Eastern. So anybody who wants to listen to this thing, go to space.com, and you'll be able to check that out courtesy of NASA. I'm going to be up and listening to that, Alan, because that right there is interesting as heck to me. I want to see what they're going to talk about. I would agree, but, you know, NASA, you know, they never say anything. Uh, yeah, never get a, well, what is it, no, no, uh, never NASA, a straight answer, that's what the yeah, answer never straight answer. Never, yeah. never admit, never say anything. That's correct, too. Uh, guys, we're going to go and hit a break here in a couple seconds. We're going to be right back with our guest in a few minutes. Uh, Mr. John Hansen is going to join join us. And, again, open lines. If you guys want to call in and get in on the phones, please do so. 786-245-8127. This is Skywatchers Radio, and you're listening live on the Dark Matter Radio Network and PSN Radio. Woohoo! We'll be right back. Keep listening. For something you already do, listening to us. It's Radio Loyalty, and it's an easy way for you to get free stuff. All you do is sign up. Go ahead and click the banner now. You'll earn points as you listen. Points you can trade in for great products and services in the Radio Loyalty store. You can earn even more points when you share your favorite station with friends on Facebook and Twitter. Radio Loyalty, it's free to sign up. So click the banner to join now. Here's a riddle for you. What do the California Gold Rush of the 1850s, secret societies, coded messages, mysterious 19th century flying machines, and an early 20th century outside artist named Charles A.A. Delshaw all have in common? The Secrets of Delshaw by Dennis Crenshaw and Pete Navarro. Go to www.secretsofdelshaw.com to learn more. 
Look up in the sky. It's a bird. It's a plane. No, it's SupermanHomePage.com, the number one Superman fan site in the world. SupermanHomePage.com, covering the world of Superman from the 1930s to today. News, reviews, rumors, and reports. SupermanHomePage.com, for all your Superman comics, TV shows, movies, cartoons, radio shows, and more. Everything you ever wanted to know about the Man of Steel and more. SupermanHomePage.com Put a team of professional consultants behind your home or business computer with key information solutions. Providing solutions to your internet and computing needs while keeping you on the cutting edge of technology. Preventative maintenance and networking support. Hardware and custom built computers. Let key information solutions be your personal tech staff for your home or office with affordable hourly, monthly, or annual rates to fit anyone's budget. Call Key Information Solutions now. 954-973-3374 That's 954-973-3374 Or visit keyinformation.com Discount Comic Book Service where you can save 40 to 75% off on new comics, collected editions, graphic novels, action figures, statues, and other one-of-a-kind items from DC, Marvel, Image, Dark Horse, Boom Studios, Top Cow, Dynamite, and many, many more. Go to www.dcbservice.com for easy ordering and fast delivery. Or you can visit our brick-and-mortar location at 10202-C Coldwater Road in Fort Wayne, Indiana. DCBS, welcome home. Driving has a rhythm all its own. Don't wreck it with the text. Before you get behind the wheel, silence your phone. Or better yet, designate a texter. For more text-free driving tips, visit StopTextStopRex.org. Brought to you by the Ad Council and the National Highway Traffic Safety Administration. Green light. Hey, girl. School zone. I'm getting hungry. Car changing lanes. You want to meet me for pizza? Stop sign. Intersection clear. Yeah, street. Pizza sounds good. Ball in street? Girl in street! <gasps> it's hard to concentrate on two things at once like texting and driving. Stop the text, stop the wrecks. How will you stop texting and driving? Tell us at stoptextstoprex.org. Brought to you by the National Highway Traffic Safety Administration and the Ad Council. You're listening to PSN Radio, the best in talk radio anywhere on the Internet. And we are back live on Skywatchers Radio. Welcome back, everybody. Again, open lines if you want to call in, 786-245-8127 is the phone number. You can Skype us at PSN Radio. And uh, please, we really would like to have you call in. And I'm sure our guest tonight, Mr. John Hansen, would love to hear some of your questions. Uh, we are live now with John Hansen, and I want to welcome him, welcome him to the show and say just uh, really what a pleasure it is to be able to, to meet you, talk to you, and, and uh, really to thank you. I want to thank you right off the bat because it's really, really early in the morning where you are right now, and, and you stayed up to be on this show, and I really appreciate it, and I really want to say that right off the bat, sir. 
Thank you. Uh, that was the least I could do as we blundered into each other unintentionally many hours ago. <laughs> but um, <laughs> it's, uh, it's worth staying up all night for the pleasure. And uh, it really was kind of a funny situation, but uh, we're here now, and we have a lot of people listening in, John, and I really wanted to uh, kind of get a little bit of your backstory, because you started off as a police officer. Um, how did you go from a police officer to somebody interested in the subject of ufology and UFOs? Right, well, I did nearly 30 years uh, with the police, and half of it was in the uh, CID, or detective division, and in 1995, uh, just after I'd retired uh, from, from the force, uh, I was actually, you know, it was a, a pivotal sort of time in my life when I was uh, lying on the settee watching X-Files, and uh, there Me was too. A, yeah, there was a, there was a, an Iraqi pilot that chased a, a UFO. So, you know, I, I watched this, and um, I, to me, it wasn't reality at all. But I enjoyed watching the X Files, and the, the phone rang, and my son, who's uh, he's a serving officer now, he was then a police constable, and now he's a chief inspector. So that shows you how much time has elapsed. He he told me, he said, "Look, Dad." Um, you're not going to believe it, but he said, I've seen a, a flying saucer. So, of course, um, my reply to him was, was, was fairly caustic and, and quite profane because I thought he was, um, he was pulling my leg. And the next day he came to see me and he told me what had happened and, and, and briefly following a number of, of reports of, um, uh, of objects uh, being seen over, over the city centre, Birmingham city centre, uh, a, a doctor saw this object disappear behind some trees and my son who was with a, a, a policewoman went to have a look and obviously pretty sceptical uh, and he saw this uh, saucer-shaped object surrounded with a blue field of energy with a thin rippling red line running through it and within seconds it, it, sh it shrank into itself and disappeared huh. uh, and that was the the trigger if you like because prior to then uh, you know all of the years i'd been in the force i'm sorry but if somebody had come up to me and said uh, i wanted to report a flying saucer or a ufo I would have thought that, uh, A, they probably had too much to drink, or B, they certainly deserved um, some psychiatric treatment. Uh, so I was naive, I was ignorant, uh, and it's, uh, it was only fr from that time onwards that uh, I was curious enough to find out if there was any uh, foundation to such reports. And I'm still um, researching now, all of these years later, and it's taken me this time to eventually do what I always wanted to do, was publish some books uh, which, which, which are reliant on a day-by-day -day account of UFO activity. So I'm not talking about uh, random UFO accounts. This is day-by-day, -day, and it took us all of these years to put together, and we've been pretty thorough. Uh, and, uh, now, when you say a day-by-day -day account, uh, expand on that a little bit. Well, let, let, let me say, uh, during the 1967, in October 67, there was a huge mm -hmm. wave of sightings, not only in, in, um, in, in Great Britain, but also in the United States, involving police officers that uh, allegedly followed Venus. Well, this this isn't this wasn't right at all, uh, and um, sort of from the twenty fourth to the twenty ninth of October, uh, every half an hour somebody had seen something, and and I actually tracked down two police officers that had chased these objects uh, down in, in in Devon in in the west country of England. 
went to meet them personally, uh, interviewed them, and uh, interviewed so many others. And it was pretty clear from, from the stories that these people gave me, this wasn't Venus or a weather balloon or whatever. I mean, I don't think we have many weather balloons over here, but it, it clearly was a cross-shaped object. So the flying cross was a short-lived phenomenon, both in the States and in England. But, of course, the flying cross, in my opinion, represented part of an object, um, only, only part of the object. And, 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 and as I say, these things have been seen in various guises for, for, for many years. So that's what we, myself and my partner, decided to do was write it up. But, but easier said than done. And, um, but we are proud of what we've written and we've not made any money out of it. And we, in fact, lost money. But, you know, my, my, I'm very passionate about this because th this is social history. This, this is our own social history and yours. Mm -hmm. And we have a right, it should be recorded, rather than kicked into the bin. John, you know what's uh, funny about that? In about, I would say, a couple of years, maybe 50 years after disclosure happens, there are going to be books written about our real history and it's going to rewrite the history that we've been force fed for the last hundred couple hundred years and you're absolutely right this is part of our real history amen um, amen the, the roswell crash i believe that happened i believe that's part of our historical fact and all that stuff will be in the records there's some, there's so many different cases though uh that've happened over the, the you know the last 50 to 100 years which one really stands out in your mind as the most important uh, case have you researched well i there are i certainly looked at many in in places like australia and also mm -hmm. some of the, the the incidents in the united states absolutely fascinate me uh but but some of the most important ones over here have been with with pilots that i've interviewed and a classic case is uh you know is, is a guy called flight lieutenant james salandin who's a personal friend of mine to this present day and and jimmy salandin uh, he um, sighted a, a saucer-shaped object uh, from the, the uh, cockpit of his, his vampire jet, um, you know, back in 1954. And after he, he'd landed, he, he told the intelligence officer, uh, a, a friend of his called Derek Dempster, who was in fact the first, um, the first editor of Flying Saucer Review. I don't know if you've heard of Flying Saucer Review. Oh, definitely. Yeah. yeah, well, well, I actually met Gordon Creighton, the editor, and... Uh, oh, okay. He made me a consultant, which means actually, as we say over here, bugger all, I suppose, but because the, the magazines folded um, many years ago. But it was, it was a privilege to meet people like that, because the, the, he, he's been doing it for many, many years. And uh, going back to, to the sighting, this was reported to the intelligence officer and then reported to the Prince Philip's equerry, his secretary, and Prince Philip was appraised of, of the sighting. So, I mean, royalty has been very interested in UFOs ever since. And uh, protocol demands that I, I cannot tell you who actually reads our books as well. But, <laughs> yeah, but, but really? they are read. <laughs> they are read and... I, I'm I'm proud of that fact, uh, uh, and that people, uh, you know, judge me rational, sane, and and logical, rather than, than um, rather than a crackpot. And and unfortunately, in this business, there are some crackpots. And these oh, definitely these are not yep. the witnesses. These are not the UFO witnesses at all. 
these are people involved in in researching the phenomena um well that and there's also a lot of uh, i believe uh there, there's a lot of misinformation people that are purposely put out there in the public just to spread misinformation to keep us kind of out of the loop of what what really might be going on it's kind of like that magician act you know what i mean misdirection Yes, I, I agree with you, and because I, I, I tend to see it as as keeping the cauldron boiling, um, right, s- simmering away. It's, you know as well as I do that specifically, if there are a number of sightings of UFOs, that there will be additional sightings involving some outlandish claims and allegations. But of course, uh, most people uh, w- would then not not believe any of it at all. This is the sad part about all of this: is that. Um, I mean, we can see, we can see the, the wood for the trees. Uh, other people don't seem to be interested at all, but the facts do speak for themselves, and, and uh, the, the evidence speaks for itself. You talk about Roswell, and, and the evidence there, if this went before a, a court, um, you know what the verdict would be, but, but un- unfortunately, it is still... Um, it is still uh, in the main ignored, and but how can you ignore such a fantastic uh, uh, phenomena? And as I think your colleague might have said, he, he is sceptical of some things. Well, yeah, absolutely. If, yeah, even if, but even if you're a sceptic, even if you don't believe in UFOs, which is a pretty bizarre thing to say now, but if you don't believe in them <laughs> at all, what you have to admit is that it is the greatest phenomena of all modern day times. Mm-hmm. Because of the fact that so many people worldwide, um, for a very long time now, have reported similar experiences, and of course, one thing I have observed with with the um, with UFOs is that the behaviour characteristics of UFOs doesn't really alter at all, and that basically there are two or three categories in which they fit into, but the the the, the the uh, their behaviour doesn't change at all, you know. I, I I think that man is poised on the brink of something pretty fantastic, but chooses to stick his, well, chooses to not not to want to know. So you know, it, it's funny you say that. But remember when we were talking earlier, John? I brought up the uh, the story with my uh, one of my bosses. Um, it, it's funny. I think there is that conditioning. I was telling you earlier tonight that there's that conditioning happening happening already, and more and more people are, are accepting of the whole phenomenon. Uh, but you know, with all your research, do you and I ask a lot of people that I have on on the show here to ask this question: Do you think a hundred percent that everything that people are seeing is alien related or extraterrestrial, or is that there a possibility that a lot of the stuff we're seeing in the skies are? our own back-engineered stuff from maybe something that just crashed at Roswell. We've, we haven't had as much activity as people might think. Uh, what do you think is really going on with the whole phenomenon? Well, first of all, sightings of UFOs um, obviously go back many years, and I have sightings of triangle right. objects by pilots in 1940 mm-hmm. and sightings of triangular objects in 1910. So what you've got to understand is that long before uh, man was able to to conquer the skies uh, and get up in an aeroplane, these things were being seen then. So 
that that negates to a great degree the back engineering stuff but although obviously as time's gone on some of these things could be um well not only back engineered but but covert uh, aircraft but you you can't remove uh, the, the fact that as I say, I mean, I've looked back into the 13th century and you're talking specifically not about fireballs or bolides or meteorites. You're talking about, you see, out of all the thousands I've looked at, uh, predominantly, why is it that the majority of these sightings will involve three objects? Now, I believe that the three objects are, in fact, one. Uh, and um, I have a leaning towards, uh, you know, Trevor J. Constable's uh, theories about, um, you know, space critters and these things being intelligent uh, macrobiological organisms. Uh, that, that's my, f- I mean, I can't prove any of this or disprove it, but I... Wait, but ha- hang on, hang on, I, I, I got to ask you here. You're telling me that the, the triangles, for example, that are three in one uh, are also organic? No, I'm saying that, that 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 some of them certainly appear to be like. I mean, have, have, are you familiar with Trevor J. Constable's work? Not really, uh, but I'd well, love to be briefly it's, educated. It's, it's worth on re- it. I mean, he's a very clever guy. He's, uh, I mean, he's produced a number of books, and and I think that you have to, you know, it's the same old story that certainly was with me. That when I first started this, I thought everything was alien. You know, I thought these were extraterrestrials or these were interdimensional, and so many people have so many theories. And the right. truth of the matter is. I can't prove or disprove. Perhaps my job, as a, if you like, as a UFO historian, is to preserve it. But but as you go along that along that particular journey, you speak to so many people who've had some uh, fantastic experiences. You, you speak to people who've been threatened. Uh, I, I mean, we we talked about the men in black, but I, I don't know mm-hmm. if these are men in black or or government departments. But the the you know the statistics are there. People sometimes uh, are really frightened by this stuff. Well, you know, the, the whole men in black phenomenon, I could sum up to uh, maybe people getting visited by some federal agents like the FBI or something like that. They dress in black suits, you know. Mm-hmm. I, I, I don't know if there's much to the whole men in black phenomenon, but, uh, Sorry. you know, let's, let, let me ask you, what do you feel about Foo Fighters? Do you think that's where this whole phenomenon kind of started from? Well, I don't think it started then, because I've spoken to quite a lot of pilots, uh, you know, on, 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 well, some in the States and a lot in England, that have seen what they describe as, you know, they're not not always globular objects. Some of them were triangular objects. Right. Cigar-shaped or, objects also. Yeah, and yeah. things shaped like Christmas trees. Well, what shaped right. Christmas yes. tree? Triangular. <laughs> And uh, I've I've come across um, pilots that have shot at them and seen them crash onto the ground, and uh, you know the, the, these some of the stories from these guys are, are um, really are, are really peculiar. But you know, if you think about the Foo Fighters, and then you think about the the uh, you, you know the Ghost Rockets, nineteen forty six over over Sweden and Finland, and then you think about the the um, the the uh, the green. Uh, uh, you know the the green UFOs and, and and fireballs that were seen over over America in forty eight and forty nine. Uh, you, you put all this together. Sometimes you you know you get an impression that 
basically we're talking about the same thing. Well, here something happened. Something really peculiar happened in the forties. Uh, of course, we had uh, the Second World War. We ended with you know we we won, we beat Hitler and all that stuff. And then we had nineteen forty seven, the Roswell crash. Right after that, uh, then the UFO phenomenon seemed to really explode in movies. Uh, there's a, actually a movie called The Flying Saucer that came out in 1950, and it mm-hmm. uh, became really popular, these uh, these UFO films. Um, yeah, but hold on. Of... A lot of them were the schlock B-movie stuff. <laughs> right, they but, were but to play off you got to start somewhere, <laughs> Alan. You still got to start, <laughs> start somewhere. But the, the point I'm trying to make here, uh, it seems that it really all started coming to that direction where UFOs became more and more popular that even mainstream and movies started getting made after Roswell. Roswell was really what kind of like sparked that interest. But it's been amazing how since Hollywood has really jumped on that bandwagon mm-hmm. uh, sightings have gone up through the roof abduction scenarios have gone up through the roof. Uh, even like the way people see aliens, for example. Uh, the little greys weren't described ever until the movie Close Encounters of the Third Kind when they were seen there. And then everybody's like, oh yeah, greys, they abduct us. Wait, 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 wait. How much you're, you- you're telling me that there are no records of anyone else describing a grey till after Spielberg did Close Encounters? I can't remember one case well, I, clear I, I that. Just- yeah, I'm just going to say, I think that you would find those. But, of course, uh, you know, the thing about UFOs is, is that... Hang on, hang on. I, I, I'm i sorry for interrupting. When uh, was it that Travis was abducted? Was that-, uh, tr- that happened in uh, 75, I think it was. Okay, yeah. that's... But he's but he, the aliens he saw weren't your traditional greys. He said no, he saw he, humanoids, Nordics, and all he, kinds of different and things. And tall greys and short greys. He mentioned short yeah, greys yeah. as well, too. Mm. And... We both know that we could call Tra- Travis and ask him that question. Also, what about Betty That's and Barney? True. What about Betty and Barney Hill, who were abducted in the sixties? That That's also true. described the that. Greys. That's true. They That's also true. described Greys. So don't That's true. tell but me it that. But it didn't become. But it didn't become popular until the film came out. Then everybody was seeing Greys. Well, Communion came out, then everybody was seeing Greys. Well, that's, that's because, what I'm trying to get. That's because the aliens watched the movie and shape changed. That could happen. But we we were picking up stories like this back in the forties, where people wouldn't have referred to the Greys at all, would they? You see, they, they would have referred right. uh, uh, little green men. Yeah, we've identified these things now. We've labelled them. But of course, you know, back in Victorian times, well, how could you say that you saw a UFO or a flying saucer, an alien abduction, or whatever? You couldn't because though that terminology, what didn't exist in Victorian times, so you, you would find. I disagree. Agree with that? I, I, I'm sorry, I got to disagree with that because you know they, how many times in Victorian times have they referred to seeing things like Ezekiel's wheel, which is I'm wheels upon for... wheels in the sky? Yeah, I agree, but I, I said that they didn't. They did not refer that phraseology was not in existence as far as the word UFO or flying saucers. No, 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 no. But well, that, no, that is true, though. That is true. They they weren't referred to as flying saucers. Or that, that's right. Yeah, I mean, I, they didn't have that terminology back then. That's why, mm. and that's that's actually been part of my uh, thinking for a long time now. That a lot of the mythology has been shaped throughout biblical, it has, and, yeah. and it has been misidentified UFOs, and they mm. just they didn't know how to identify it, so they called it Ezekiel's wheel. For well, example. I don't I don't think it was misidentified. I think actually it might have been purposely edited. Uh, by the kings and queens, that could be as also. well as uh, you know the monks in the monasteries duplicating yeah. the books. Yeah, yeah, I, I agree. 
I mean, you know, everybody's, you know, I'm sorry to interject here, but everyone says is like, oh, my God, you know, the New Testament is the word of God. And I'm like, I'm sorry, but how many times have kings and queens re-edited and and abridged and took certain chapters out of uh, the King James just to make it politically correct to control the masses in the Middle Ages? Yeah. Yeah, I, 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 to me, listening here and in sorry, I went on a rant there. I apologize. No, sorry, no, no, I'm just wondering which is the bad cop and the good cop here. But um, a little yeah. bit of both. Just like <laughs> I, I, I try to be the good cop yeah, as I much as possible. That. You're the nice guy. <laughs> it, 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 no, no, no. It's 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 not that I'm. No, I know, I know, I know. I'm not arguing the facts. I'm just saying I think the facts may be misinterpreted. I think no. it might have been misread, and I think everybody's entitled to an opinion, but the truth is still going to be the truth. Mm, mm. Unless you watch Star Wars, then you figure out that the truth could be seen from several point of views. Yeah. I, I mean, I, I, I <laughs> just mentioned that, uh, I mean, I did uh, contact, because uh, Lord Dowding was, was head of RAF uh, Fighter Command in the Second World War, and um, he, he actually went to uh, to Washington and uh, met with the president uh, and discussed the you know the flying saucer problem, as I'm sure many others did. Um, Got a but, question? Was there a version in in the UK? So was there a version of Area Fifty One in the UK? Uh, That's a good well, there question. Are, there are. Uh, if you told us you have to kill us, I mean, you're, you're like... <laughs> <laughs> I don't know. I actually went to Rachel some years ago. went to Vegas. Vegas are a fascinating place. but when, Vegas? When, yeah, I went to Las Vegas. and uh, That's uh, not in the UK. No, no. Nope. No, but what happens uh, in Vegas I'm, does I'm, stay I'm, in Vegas. It's, it's, like, it's like we're suddenly talking about, well, are there any, is there anything like Area 51 no, in the UK? It's like, well, I went to well, Vegas. Let the man finish, Alan. I, I, Come on. I'm saying, I must say that where I went to, you know, I, I can never forget uh, finally ending up at, uh, at, uh, at Rachel at 12 o'clock at night and having the hottest rum and coke I've ever had in my life. Um, but that was a magical place. And, was it um, shaken, not stirred, rum and coke? <laughs> yeah, shaken and not stirred. And, uh, but the first thing I did was look under the bed because, I, I, you know, people tell me about these huge, great spiders out there, but, but they weren't. And it was a very pleasurable, uh, very pleasurable visit. And, and the, the oddest thing of all, and I've not told many people this, is that when we went to Vegas... Um, I'm just trying to think, uh, I think, what's that Grecian place where the, the lava comes up? Uh, somewhere, I can't remember the name of the place now. But Caesar's we were, Palace. Yeah, just past, just past the, uh, the, the bell. The Eiffel it? Tower. Yeah, uh, it's incredible. But about 11 o'clock at night, and I've, I've got this on film, this red light dropped out of the sky and wandered over the top of the buildings and then back onto the streets, quite a, quite a large red light, and then disappeared into the sky. And I wouldn't have believed it uh, until I'd seen it. And from I've not even looked at the film I took, and that's seven years ago. So if that sounds bizarre, uh, the whole subject is bizarre. So, you know, wait, because... Wait, wait, you, you have it on film, but you haven't looked at it since? 
I, uh, yeah, that's right. And I, I also filmed a uh, an object outside my window in 1995, which is another story. And I have looked at that, and that is again strange things. Uh, strange okay, so things. are you going to give us the exclusive now to let us air this next week or sometime even later I have to on? Find it first. <laughs> <laughs> well. I have to- it- we're going to make you find it. We want to air this. <laughs> You're you know, being bad cop now. <laughs> no, no, no. I'm not, I, I, mate, I'm not being bad cop at all. I'm uh, just saying it's like you have it on film, yet you've never reviewed it since. That's how it works. Yeah, yeah. Uh, that's right. And, wow. And that's, mm, uh, probably because at the time I thought that it wasn't that significant. Uh, it's only in, in the years that have elapsed. And I thought I must have a look at it because it was... Just bizarre, but of course, I suppose bizarre is, is the name of of the game. Well, that, that's kind of where we get into here, uh, John. Yeah, mm. this is the bizarre. I mean, I just want to one up the Mufon Turkey guys. I mm. want to make sure I want no to show kidding. a legitimate, you know, video. Mm. Speaking of which, uh, John, let's get back into uh, some uh, real conversation here. <laughs> oh, none of this was real. Thank you very much. Mm. How much, you know, speaking of legit uh, video, how much do you think of the stuff that we actually get on the internet nowadays is legit, considering how easy it is to uh, fake some of this stuff? Well, you're right. Uh, I, um, I think a lot of it is, is, is fabricated and uh, manipulated and uh, there's so much software you can use. I, I, I generally um, are I, I, pretty wary of this, this stuff. Uh, Some years ago, there was a very good sighting um, down in Cornwall uh, where uh, somebody had taken a clip of film of of the UFO and um, I contacted them. They were were willing to to let me look at that. But the UFO researcher uh, banned me from having a look at it and he said he hadn't finished his, his inquiries, which was fair enough. But then I found out that he'd put fake... Um, UFO footage on the internet. Well, well, I'm sorry. It, it, as far as I'm concerned, that's tainted, and I want nothing to do with it. So, uh, you know, that was. Uh, I just don't get involved with it. At the end of the day, uh, you know, I, I I have so much material here which I've uh, accumulated that I much of it after 1989 I haven't looked at yet. But I I faithfully recorded everything that. That, uh, that that we people that we've interviewed and, and our research going back all these years. Um, but I, I would like to say that the oddest thing is that, and I'm sure it's different over there, but when we produced Volume 1, which was 1940 to 59 of Haunted Skies, um, just prior to that, uh, the, the local BBC radio stations uh, and one of the two, one or two of the TV stations had in fact asked me to talk about the subject, about my intended books. And as soon as the books were, or the book was out, nothing. Uh, we've had nothing since. We had the some of the nationals ask for copies of the book and promise to do a review, and we, we've been. It's all been blocked um, since, uh, which which is. Pretty, pretty That's odd. No, no I, it's not actually. You figure that most of the evidence huh. that figure it this way: most of the evidence that he's putting in the book is so credible that mm. they can't debunk it, which ah. is why they don't want to put it out to the masses. Correct. 
I, I, I agree, uh, and I do say to people, in fact, one lady uh, rang me up, because every few years, it, it, it's, it's finished now, but every few years they used to declassify the, the, the records over here. Right. Uh, and yep. if you want to trawl through, which, which I have done through... Well, is, is that Nick Redfern or Nick Pope that does that? Well, Nick, that? N- well no, 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 Nick, Nick Pope. Nick Pope. Yeah. Nick Pope. Yeah. He, well, he, well he, he hasn't been on our desk a for, for some years, but, but my argument would be that all I ask people to do, as I said to this journalist, because she said, well, what difference are your books to the, the information that's been declassified. And with all due respect, it is the biggest load of rubbish I've ever read in my life that's been declassified. I think it was Robert Hastings said that it's low-grade material, which it is, and, and most of it relates to letters um, from people wanting to, to, to be part of the UFO brigade and have a trip mm-hmm. to the spaceship. You, you know, really, but to put it bluntly, it's a load of crap. But that's right. but that's 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 how it's worked for many years here, uh, and and I'm sure you're right when you say that's one of the reasons why they won't have anything to do with me, because it's 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 very difficult to to disprove. Uh, okay, your work you, is too credible, plain and simple. Right. Well, that, that's that's the problem, isn't it? That's it's a double-edged sword. But I'd rather mm-hmm. it's too credible than incredible, because you. <laughs> yes. Because occasionally people over here, that the the newspapers, they will write an article, particularly the nationals, and it will be about spooky ghosts and flying saucers and and uh, the Loch Ness monster, and it'll be just it'll be just actually disinformation. Which there is, hasn't been many there hasn't been many waves made on finding the Loch Ness monster either, huh? <clears throat> well, we haven't yeah. found him yet. No. <laughs> <laughs> you know, last time I, I spoke to uh, to uh, Mr. Uh, Mr. Pope. Uh, by the way, he's a great, great guy. Yeah, yeah he's really easy to deal with. Yeah, I mean, I, I love talking to him. He's a, he's a great person to interview. Uh, but you know, last time we spoke, I told him, you know, what do you think? Um, honestly, uh, do you think that that they are actually giving you all the files and all the information? Uh, I mean, how much do you think they really gave him, and how much do you think it's still, or how much do you think they've released? I should say, not just him, but how much they've actually released of the files, and how much do you think they still have that they're not putting out? Uh, well. Uh... <laughs> I'm, not sure yeah, I'm talking directly about the Ministry of Defense here. I'm talking directly about their <laughs> files. Well, not trying to single them out at all, no? No, not at all. Well, uh-uh. with all due respect to, to, to Nick, he's done the foreword uh, for the next volume. Uh, I mean, he's, he, as you say, he's a smashing bloke. I, I have a lot of time for him. Um, but he, <laughs> but I, I don't think that he was privy uh, to, if you like, to, to the amount of information that is contained in our books, and but but mm. that's possibly due to the fact that uh, a lot of our information wasn't reported to the MOD. Um, right. And I did speak to Nick. Uh, well, I, I speak to him regularly. But on the last batch of declassified files, there was a a report of a of a chap that seen a UFO. And this was followed by the fall of some fibrous material. That, that could be what people classify as angel hair. Um, right. Anyway, this guy put it in a jam jar. And I asked, I said to Nick, well, would somebody from the MOD have followed the investigation and, and picked up that sample and had it tested or whatever? And Nick promised me that contrary to public uh, opinion about matters such as this, well, of course, somebody would have come out and picked it up. Um, 
because because why not i mean that that's the residue but but we have pieces of metal and all sorts of things that have the, that have come from ufos which again is another story and a, and a very very pleasant man called nick Wrighty in the states has been helping us with some of this material um but it, it uh yeah I, as i say I, I don't think that the i think at the end of the day you know, if these files are, are regarded important enough, they won't be released. And on occasion, right. I'm still waiting for a 1971 file to be released, of which I've investigated. And um, I've been promised that so that, that would be released to me 10 years ago. And of course, it, it probably doesn't exist. So. Yeah, that was exactly my sentiments with uh, with Nick Pope. Uh, by the way, we're joined uh, with uh, James Swagger. He's on the line with us. James, my friend, how are you doing? Hey guys, great to be on the show. Thanks for taking the call. Great to have you. Uh, here he is, uh, John Hanson, James Swagger. You're both on the line. Oh, James, we have we have spoken before. <laughs> yeah, nice I got confused you. because uh, the name on the book's different. To the, the name on the book is John Dawn, and I wasn't sure it was the same guy. But uh, yeah, it's a pleasure to talk to you again, John. Uh, just want to talk about Rendlesham Forest. Have you looked into Rendlesham Forest? What's your verdict on that? Or well, I. T- We've written up, uh, I mean, in our volume 8 of Horns of Skies, we've addressed the uh, Zygmunt Adamski case, the guy that was on the cold tip, which uh, people alleged was as a result of uh, the aliens dropping him from a flying saucer. And the actual fact is that is a load of unadulterated rubbish because that particular gentleman was, was abducted by somebody whose name I can't give on air and I'm quite satisfied that that was the case. And with matters such as that, where people will blame a UFO when it's nothing to do with the UFO, obviously one would work as diligently to, to if you like, to clear the name. Um, so we, we've covered that and, and quite a lot of interesting information and the Alan Godfrey case and some other, some other incidents. But half of the book is devoted to the Rendlesham Forest incident, of which, I, of course, I know very well because i've spent enough years researching into it thanks to brenda butler uh, uh do, do you know brenda james no i'm not familiar with brenda butler well she wrote sky crash back in 1983 with dot street and jenny randalls and in in fact um the first person to know of of the ufo landing was a guy called chris pennington and chris pennington was was um uh, brenda butler's uh partner and he was ah, yes Yes, by one of the by by one of the guys from the base called um, Steve Roberts. Well, I know who Steve Roberts is, and I've written to Steve. Uh, and what I've done, I, you know, with, with cases like this, you you not only got to look um, uh, underneath and over the top, you've got to look at everything, and and that's what I have done, and and certainly put the record straight, but. Um, a lot of people believe that in, in, in actual fact it was a, a Russian satellite. And in 1986, a lady called Karen, who I've referred to as a whistleblower, I don't know her real name, but she was working at uh, RAF Woodbridge. She was a secretary there, and I, 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 I've got to be blunt here and say there's little doubt that... Um, that she uh, purloined some documents and photographs, uh, and she suggested that the uh, the UFO uh, explanation was a camouflage to cover the fact that they they'd had uh, got a Russian satellite or a Russian aircraft, and all of these things sound pretty crazy. 
Um, but other people have talked about the, the object uh, having landed and needed repairing, and that. Well, I've checked wow. all of this out, and um, that that's in that's in volume eight. And as I say, Charles Holt was was very helpful, but some questions he didn't answer, which was his prerogative. But you've got to remember with these guys, these Air Force guys, that you know they did sign official secrets and. The, this is for life for some of them, isn't it? Yeah, true. For true. So, is it women? There's no expiration on the official secrets act in the in the UK. Well, I think it's thirty years, but um, well, I mean, I'm uh, ashamed to say I don't know what the situation is. It's, in, in, it's actually both, John. I think it's thirty it? and fifty. They they can extend it to fifty because I think uh, Churchill did something with the Foo Fighters, and he put a fifty-year ban on that, and. There's another case of uh, non, uh, not a UFO case. Some scientists went to Tibet and uh, researched something with the monks and they right. put a 50-year uh, ban on his research over there, whatever he found out. Hmm. Yeah, that, that's, that's, that's what we're up against, aren't we? Unfortunately, we are a breed of people that, that, that clamor for an answer and, and, and try, you know, try and attack authority to get these answers. Uh, and unfortunately, um, some t well, obviously, they don't want us to know. And, and of course, uh, as I've mentioned before to people, it, it is the greatest phenomenon of modern day times. And and even if you're a skeptic, you you can't you can't disregard all of these thousands upon thousands of people worldwide that have had these experiences. And um, you, you know, uh, I suppose at the end of the day, I, I feel for these people because they. What about ancient aliens, John? Do you look into the really deep antiquity of this phenomenon? Well, you're talking about sightings going back many years then. Yeah, um, I mean, going back into the thousands of years. Von Daniken. Well, sorry. Yeah, I, undoubtedly. Um, but I, I believe that, that ultimately, you know, you know how much information there is uh, well, let's let me say there are similarities between modern-day UFO sightings and experiences, and some things that you read about in the Bible. But that doesn't right. necessarily mean um, that uh, the, the the Bible contains UFO experiences. But um, well, there well Old Testament-wise, there are things that could be read in. Well, the Nephilim and then yep. the Pillar of Fire yeah, that right. traveled in the desert with, uh, you know, the Exodus, you know, Ezekiel's wheel. There, there's mm. enough things that could yep. correlate to it, absolutely, 100%. Well, there, there are, yeah. The Sanskrit so. writings, sorry, the Sanskrit writings as well, with the Vimanas and... Oh, mm. yeah, the Bhagavad Gita, absolutely. Uh, mm. I, mean, some, I mean, there are parts of the earth that are so scorched, um, what's the proper term? for it um, in India where there's basically mm. what would be the result of a nuclear blast, just no yeah. isotope leftovers. Um, I mean, what, what are your, both your opinions on, besides Von Daniken, uh, Stitchin stuff as well too? I call people who follow Stitchin, Stitchinites. I call them lunatics myself, but well, that's a different story. I actually, yeah, I tell you what, right, and I, I, the thing is, I, I actually have researched cylinder seals. I wrote a master's in, uh, most people don't know that about me, but uh, it was what, I did a master's in mechanical engineering and, and science and engineering is mostly what I did most of my career, but uh, I did a master's of research science and society and I used the cylinder seals 
for both my master's degree, one end of it, I studied the mechanical engineering of them and how they formed them. And uh, it's a really high technology used to do it. it they carved like seven uh, on the Moss scale stones that were seven, eight, nine out of ten. And they carved 3D images in reverse embossed around a cylinder. Extremely hard to do. If we had machines, we would find it hard to do today. You can't even see the image until you roll it into clay on some of them. So that's why I studied the mechanical engineering. But I also studied the context and the culture um, of the Sumerians. So I'm well versed in that. Now, I will say a lot of what Sitchin says can't be backed up. But um, I'm open. Yeah, a, a lot of it. Now, a lot of it can, but the bit of it, the, the bits of it that can be backed up, isn't the juicy details. <laughs> right. but, well, have, have you looked into the work of Michael Heiser at all? Yeah, I have too. I, I just will and, say, I will say on Sitchin though, and I don't want to hijack the call, but I will say on Sitchin that you know he did have access to private archives. J.P. Morgan, I've got books of J.P. Morgan. Not that J.P. Morgan ever wrote his own book, but. He has his own uh, collection of cylinder seals, as does many wealthy billionaires. Most of the cylinder seals and uh, these tablets are in private collections around the world. A lot of them, there's 250,000 of them sitting in Sweden, un- mm-hmm. un- untranslated to still today, Correct. because there's only a handful of people that can translate it. So the point is, that a lot of this stuff mm-hmm. is in private collections, and, and because he wasn't able to produce the documents, doesn't mean that they didn't exist. But... You know, some of it, I think he was reaching, he embellished the truth a little bit. That's oh, definitely. That, no, in fact, my, Michael Heiser says that, not embellished, Michael Heiser was saying that he uh, straight up lies in a lot of the things, and he invented certain things. And uh, when you look at the Hebrew language of certain meanings of words, that he kind of manipulated the meaning and, mm-hmm. you know, just changed certain things. I mean, yeah. uh, it, it's a, a fascinating documentary. Uh, if anybody Michael Heiser did a good job and a very he did a fantastic job, job yeah. You know, and if it wasn't job. for Michael Heiser's work, we would all think that, you know, Sitchin was this genius child. But, the, <laughs> but so that's good that we have people like that, and it really is. But, I mean, I don't think uh, Sitchin fabricating some stuff will deny what's gone on in our ancient times either. I do think... Oh, no, definitely not. I mean, there's president for uh, for there have, haven't been... Uh, contact uh, many, many hundreds and maybe thousands of years ago. Uh, there is some evidence in the Bible, for example, like we said earlier, there's evidence uh, in cave uh, wall art and all kinds of stuff that we found. Uh, so is there something there? Yeah, I do believe there there might be something there. Uh, Sitchin just went about it his own way and did his own thing and made up his own storyline. In, uh, wor- in my part of the world... Uh where all the megaliths are and what I write about and stuff uh, in Sligo in the northwest of Ireland, they talk about this, uh, the Tuatha de Danann, these mystery people that built mm-hmm. these megaliths with all this high technology of ast- advanced astronomy and, and all the megaliths here that came to Ireland, came on a dark cloud and landed on a mountain. That's what the Irish Gaelic texts dated to 7th century AD. And not just one source. It's been backed up with several different books. There's the Book of Invasions and the Book of Leinster. Um, and they both actually describe the same story, but in two different accounts in slightly different ways. Slightly, you know, different, but for the better part, mostly all the same. But they all talk about these mystery people, these tall, beautiful-looking, blonde-looking people coming in on a dark cloud. Bizarre lot. Sounds a lot like what Travis saw, doesn't it? Yeah, exactly. Yeah. Uh, I'm just going to say if I can just uh, get in, uh, you know, we talked about uh, rentals from forest, but mm-hmm. there has been an awful lot of, um, some people might uh, judge it as paranormal phenomena, 
which is ongoing and has been taking place for many years there now. And uh, I, I, I always say that uh, during my, my, my early visits to the forest, this was in 1997, 1998, and we used to go there probably uh, six or seven times a year, that uh, people would tell me uh, about some of these globes of light that they saw flying up the tracks. And I always used to take it with a pinch of salt, to be honest. But I have seen those, and I have. And then people make me laugh when they talk about orbs, and they have to wait, 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 wait. I'm sorry. You're telling me you're seeing orbs of light on railroad I tracks? Have, I have, yeah. On 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 the tracks. On on and the. Not. Did you say railroad tracks? Yes. Yes. Oh, no, not railroad tracks. No, on on the on the tracks. Sorry, I, these are these are the, the footpaths. That might be a. Uh, on the footpaths that lead through the forest. Um, okay, all right. I have I have seen them. Uh, and, and Sorry, Johnny, he's from America. You know, different right. <laughs> terminologies. You mean, well, yeah. we're on the right. It's lost in translation. Sorry about Correct. that. Correct. Yeah, no, no, he's that's lost okay. in translation. <laughs> <laughs> because I was going to uh, say, does do they? You know, there's something called the Marfa lights in the states that are orbs of light that are seen on tracks. I've heard of those, yeah. As well as, uh, you know, the paths along walking paths. These could be, but but some of the mists that that are photographed there and and some of the very strange images, you you, you can, I suppose, at the end of the day, you know, you could argue uh, unsuccessfully that these represent some some paranormal species or something, but uh, the, the, the real evidence, and obviously I'd like your opinion here, is that on a number of occasions we have in fact had the fall of stones. And these are hot stones, and they're not falling from the sky. They're levitated uh, from somewhere else in the forest, and, and they drop next to you. Now, I, I've no idea. People have tried to tell me that these are birds flying at night with hot stones in their beaks or that they are children playing us up at three o'clock in the morning. And, you know, I have experienced that. I've got the stones. And I did have a, a so I've got a, a friend in the family who's a scientist, and she examined some of these stones, and she said they are identical to the sort of stones you would find anywhere, except for the fact that, uh, that, that, that they're not they're not weathered, they're not aged, that they haven't got the, you know, if you go and pick a stone up, sometimes with these stones they've got cracks or they've got uh, some debris on them, but these were clean. So I have no idea, but these were hot stones. I photographed them and I know plenty of people have picked them up, uh, as I say, recovered them. But I also investigated a case uh, in, in Birmingham where over a duration of, of two and a half years, three houses in a place called Washwood Heath uh, in Birmingham endured the fall of stones. And, you know, they had mm. police stake the place out with surveillance. They had the army move in. They could not find... And uh, oddly, Sir Arthur Clark, C. Clark, came over and sent... Well, he actually didn't come over himself, but he sent a film crew, and they took some film in the daylight and made it quite dark to look like night so I was told um, but the, 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 the long and the short of this, this tale is that the, the, the lady in the middle that was getting all the stones, most of them um, her back garden had been laid with some flagstones that were actually um, 
that they'd come from a church. You know, they were the, um, you know, they were they were uh, paving stones from a church, and, and, and some of them obviously come from from graves and things. And I I don't know if there's a connection there, but um, they've stopped falling now. But so I don't know. Where, but but if you look into the, into a ports a double PS round the world you will find there has been quite a lot of cases and in the states where police officers have been pelted with them and um you know well they can be all kind of random reasons why police officers are stoned pelted by... stones. <laughs> 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 well you're right that, uh, <laughs> yeah with that, so, uh, let, me, let me stop right there. We actually have to hit a commercial <laughs> break. Uh, we're going to be right back after the break. I do want to continue with the open lines. If anybody else wants to get in on the phones, uh, please call on in 786-245-8127 is the call-in number. Again, this is Skywatchers Radio. You're listening live on the Dark Matter Radio Network and on PSN Radio. We'll be right back in about three minutes on the other side with more calls. So please. team of professional consultants behind your home or business computer with key information solutions providing solutions to your internet and computing needs while keeping you on the cutting edge of technology preventative maintenance and networking support hardware and custom built computers let key information solutions be your personal tech staff for your home or office with affordable hourly monthly or annual rates to fit anyone's budget call key information solutions now 954-973-3374. That's 954-973-3374. Or visit keyinformation.com. TalkStream Live introduces our first ever iPhone application, Mobile Talk Radio. Imagine having the freedom to take live talk radio with you anywhere you go. You'll be surprised how easy it is to use. So I think what's going on here is that Obama is banking on unemployment falling. Listen to live talk shows 24 hours a day, 7 days a week. Talk Stream Live. Now available in the iTunes App Store. Look, up in the sky. It's a bird. It's a plane. No, it's supermanhomepage.com, the number one Superman fan site in the world. Supermanhomepage.com, covering the world of Superman from the 1930s to today. News, reviews, rumors, and reports. Supermanhomepage.com, for all your Superman comics, TV shows, movies, cartoons, radio shows, and more. Everything you ever wanted to know about the man. Man of Steel and more. SupermanHomePage.com. Wow. The moment my son saw a redwood tree. It's huge! Is the moment I knew that for him. You can't even see the top of that thing. Even the sky has no limit. There are some moments only the forest can inspire. Find yours at discovertheforest.org. Learn about forests near you and discover cool things to do when you go. Your moment is out there. Find it at discovertheforest.org. Brought to you by the U.S. Forest Service and the Ad Council. 
Mental disorders are common in the United States and internationally. An estimate 26.2% of Americans ages 18 and older suffer from some sort of mental illness. Now this figure translates to 57.7 million people who suffer from some sort of mental breakdown. If you find yourself laying in bed on a Sunday night hearing voices while you're trying to sleep, well it might not be that demonic being from another dimension trying to kill you where you sleep. Might just be your mental illness starting to kick in. So if you're out of meds for the night, then I have just the thing. Come listen to my show, The Jackal's Head. You can check out our Listen Live page only on www.psn-radio.com. See you there. This ad has been paid for by The Jackal's Head and the War on Terror. War. It's fantastic. Join the club that gives you stuff. Hey, thanks. Radio loyalty. Here's how it works. Just click on the radio loyalty banner right now and sign up. Then you keep on listening like you already do. But now you earn points. Those points add up and you can trade them in for stuff in the radio loyalty store. Earn more points by sharing your station with friends on Facebook and Twitter, answering surveys, and by using the apps in the new players app store. Pretty simple, right? Radio loyalty. Click that banner to join now. Roswell. UFOs, flying saucers, alien abduction, are we alone? Information regarding this and many other questions about the unknown are only a click away at www.theufostore.com. The UFOstore.com offers hundreds of DVDs about UFOs, aliens, crop circles, conspiracies, Bigfoot, suppressed science, ancient mysteries. Log on to www.theufostore.com and request a free UFO store catalog. The UFOstore.com, the largest selection of UFO products on the internet. Hi, I'm LeVar Burton and I'm proud to be a book person. How do I choose a book? Sometimes it's the cover, sometimes it's the title. I guess I'm pretty visual. If a book's really impressing me and the writing is really good, I will peek and see what the last paragraph is because the endings of books should rock you. I am a book person. And if you're a book person too, read to a child and spark a lifetime of ambition. Join me at bookpeopleunite.org because reading is fundamental. A public service announcement brought to you by Reading is Fundamental, Library of Congress and the Ad Council. back live on Skywatchers Radio. Again, live on the Dark Matter Radio Network and PSN Radio. I want to thank our uh, Chief Keith Rowland again. Whoa! What the heck was that about? Keith Rowland for uh, helping us out every week here and uh, having us on the Dark Matter Radio Network. And uh, again, guys, if you want to call in and uh, you know join the fun, please do so. 786 786- Two four five eight one two seven, and again, you can look us up on Skype by looking up PSN Radio. We're on live uh, with Mr. John Hansen, and of course, our good friend James Swagger joined in the call earlier, and he's on with us as well. Uh, welcome back, gentlemen. Hi. Now we've been talking about. <laughs> wow, that was exciting. Like, Hi. Okay. That was actually well, more I than I, I expected. As you guys spoke <laughs> over there. Okay, okay then. Hi then. <laughs> There you go. <laughs> I, I, I just want to make sure there's a pulse with each of you guys, you know? <laughs> yeah. Uh, well, 
Yeah. Well, we're, we were talking earlier about the Randlesham Forest case. We were talking about uh, Roswell. We talked about that a little bit also. I wanted to actually uh, ask John here because we kind of uh, spoke about this off air, and I wanted to bring it up on air because I wanted to see what his uh, his thoughts are, are on this, and I wanted to expand on what we and, me and him spoke about earlier. Uh, John, I wanted to ask you about the inner earth uh, and the possibility of uh, a lot of these crafts coming from the inner earth. Uh, is that at all something that you've, uh, through your research, have come across uh, as a possibility? And how, um, you know, how much would you think that could be actually the answer? Well, when you say inner earth, I suppose you mean physically inner earth. Uh, you know, and when now, I, I'm not when talking I... about a hollow earth. I'm talking about pockets within the earth because a lot of uh, UFOs oh, are seen yeah, out of yeah, the ocean. I, I, well, I think we, we we both felt that certainly this this phenomena is is indigenous to the planet, uh, and and rather than the incursions of an extraterrestrial species that that uh, sometimes bizarrely come all this distance and then fail to negotiate the last six feet of Earth and crash land, if if you believe what some people tell. <laughs> but, um, yeah, I, I, as I say, it's it's something that's here. The interesting thing about this is 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 whether it's i mean it has been here for a long time in my opinion i think most people agree that ufo sightings can can go back probably thousands of years but mm -hmm. the, the 64 million dollar question is 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 it an integral part of the earth necessary to uh for you know for for man to continue living on it or is it was it something that was seeded on the planet or is it necessary to you know fascinating questions about uh about this phenomena i mean i always remember that I mean, Dr. Alan Hynek, after all, he, mm -hmm. you know, he started off as a skeptic, but, but he ended up believing, and in fact, he said that this is not an extraterrestrial phenomenon at all. It is more likely to be a paranormal phenomenon. Now, sometimes I wonder if there's any difference between the one and the other. Um, you know, anything in the air is UFO, anything on the ground is paranormal. Right. Well, but, I, I, yeah, would, I, I would pose the question out there that, if maybe it's not paranormal, but maybe it might be another tangent species that we're not truly hmm. aware of um, that might live in what you would call the hollow earth or their USOs. I mean, I remember the movie The Abyss where, you know, yes. we can't we can't reach the depths that there mm. are enough other species that can survive and even thrive. Right. Right on, you know, below the Earth, you know, below the Earth's crust that we have access to, and you know, there's so much of this planet that is still yet to be explored. Mm -hmm. Could it be a, you know, just a species that just has a tangent from us, or maybe a totally, totally different direction? And you know, maybe reptilians did evolve not just in. You know, maybe reptiles didn't just evolve into birds, but they evolved into a sentient self-aware and technologically capable species of some type. You, you could also uh, take into consideration the fact that, that uh, prior to, to, if you like, prior to man's development on the planet, that there was an in, indigenous species, or there still is a species that lived on this planet, and uh, they facilitated their movement across the skies in saucer-shaped objects, and most of the time they were... Are you still there? Yeah, hello. Yeah, well, oh, sorry, yeah, I've got stickers. Hello. Uh, somebody, I've got a sticker from you saying somebody's echoing a bit. I, 
uh, I'll, I don't know who, who that is. It's probably from one of your masters. Um, but uh, as I, I, <laughs> you know, I, no, yeah, continue, I, continue. Well, I, yes, because I, I, I don't want another sticker like that because I'll expect a cane across my back. Um, <laughs> but, um, yeah, but that's the thing is, we're the original descendants of this planet. Mm-hmm. Uh, in, invisible denizens, for want of a better word. I'm sorry, I can't understand the grammatic statement of original descendants. Well, the people that, that actually probably may well have more claim to this planet than, than, than us. I mean, we, a lot of people believe, of course, that we, we are the aliens. I think, um, I, I mean, I, I don't know whether we are or we aren't, but this, these, this, this indigenous race, um, I believe, still lives here. And that we, uh, in the 21st century, we refer to it as, as flying saucers, aliens, abductions, and all this other stuff. But um, at the end of the you, day... You know, John, real quick, not to cut you off, John, real quick, you know, the Travis Walton case, one thing about that case that always uh, fascinated me after reading the book was the fact that he did see Nordic-looking, you know, That's white, right. white people on the ship. Yeah. Uh, I've always wondered, you know, could be that could it be that mankind, human beings, for example, we're all here on this planet, but that we all came from different parts of our own, our own solar system. Uh, and that would possibly explain maybe the different variations of people on the planet somehow. Of course, there's been mixing of uh, of the races and stuff over over millennia. But so what you're uh, saying is one seed race, and we're all there's all sorts of deviations and variants from it. Well, it, it well it, it 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 appears so, doesn't it? Because uh, I, I do have a number of accounts where people have seen at, at close range uh, uh, UFOs with with occupants. And, and do have, I, you know, sometimes there are mixed occupants inside and you referred to them as, you know, various geysers. And, and um, the, these, you know, we're not talking about an apparent one individual race. We're talking about a number of people, including the Nordics. And right. uh, so many, so many... Uh, uh, reports about them um but uh yeah well, i got a, i got a question about that if if i can throw that out in into the mix here all the aliens that we've seen inside and actually outside spaceships uh th- where they're standing on the earth that without any breathing apparatus without any um any additional Hardware exoskeleton. You well, we're, we're assuming they don't have anything on. I mean, if you saw the movie Fire in the Sky, now Fire in the Sky, obviously they embellish the truth, but there is one scene in that movie where I was like, that's brilliant. When Travis is on the ship and he's looking at the spacesuits that the aliens wore and they look like the traditional greys with the bugged out eyes that everybody sees. Right. What if what everybody's seeing is a being inside of a suit and when he takes a suit off it looks like a grey but a little bit different. You know, okay, like so in the movie. you're telling me like the Nordic mass, they must have a Nordic skin that they throw on? Uh, I mean, my whole thing, my, what I'm, what the question I'm trying to get to is, is all these people that have encounters with species that don't seem to have any breathing apparatus like the Nordics, the reptoids, the well, uh, even well, well, here's the thing. Even the Nordics in Travis's story had a breathing apparatus over their head. Okay, my whole question so. is: is is it? I, I I find it statistically impossible that every single race that we've encountered was in our version of the Goldilocks zone is where they evolved. If they were coming from off-world, do you understand where I'm going with that? 
I think uh, John. Darwin, Darwin, <laughs> okay. I know. I know this Darwinian evolution has no idea and no conclusion or no um, proof. Darwinian for... evolution is still a theory. Well, yeah, but just like. But, yeah, but as, as applied to the races of the of right. on our planet, they have no idea, no idea whatsoever how uh, Africans, the variations the tame, the Africans or the Asian or Caucasian those. Asians Africans. Yeah, I mean, how is it that there's such a drastic variation in the races on this planet? I don't know, the, and, it, and it is drastic. It is drastic. Oh, absolutely. What what about this woman who said that she found the genetic evidence, like? Four, four or six months ago that humanity came about when a pig mated with a monkey and that's and we're the offspring if you think notice, the awkward, notice the awkward silence that follow that well, <laughs> you know you google it you think I'm joking she says she actually no I know you're not joking my concern is that she actually con- said that well we ha- you, you and I Jack had this conversation if you remember a couple of months back, that what the hell was this woman thinking? That, exactly, and I still know, that, ask that question: What the hell was she thinking? It's, well, we still can't find the missing link between, you know, between you know Homo erectus and Homo sapien, where we are now, and who knows what the next thing is going to be. By the way, speaking of the next thing, uh, they're doing Heroes, the TV show Rebirth, coming out in 2015. Uh, if which was supposed to be the next evolution in humanity, but my my question really goes back to boiling it down, and I'm sorry for interrupting all this, but I'm trying to understand that uh, the way this whole conversation is going, uh, since you brought it about, uh, is that we the the other things, the other species, the other beings that we're seeing could quite possibly be in whether you call it the hollow earth or these pockets of civilization that we don't have access to. Mm-hmm. Um, is to me actually more likely, or at least some of it is more likely than everybody visiting us from off world. And the reason I say that is, is those that we see that are not in any type of a breathing apparatus or some type of a pressure suit must have evolved in a near identical Goldilocks environment. Zone. Exactly, and the statistically. Then you know there's so f- the ability to have that many planets that we at least can that are anywhere. Actually, the, sti- no. So hold on. Statistically speaking, uh, we're finding more and more planets on a daily basis. By the way, we're and finding we're planets, fi- but how many are in the Goldilocks zone? A lot of them are actually. A lot of them we are finding are in a Goldilocks type zone. And and here's the thing, uh, Alan. Um, that's what they're telling us they're finding. That's you know the, the I go back to the whole NASA never gives a straight answer. <laughs> they might they might know a whole lot of things that they're not telling us. So they might have found the thousands and thousands of planets that they could already classify as planets with life on them. But they just eh, we're not telling anybody. They're just keeping it from us. So that could be a possibility also. But look, NASA I think recently has come and admitted that looking for life in the Goldilocks zone alone is uh, not a great idea because life could evolve in all different forms in all kinds of different areas. Uh, in fact, there could be life, like we said, in places on the Earth that you would not expect there to be life, but life still finds a way to happen and to evolve and thrive. Uh, that, I think, uh, we're going to find all over the cosmos. In fact, I, I believe that when disclosure starts to really become a reality, we're going to find that there's actually a lot more life within our own solar system than we even imagined. John, what do you think about that? 
well, well, I agree with you, I, and I think that uh, there is an awful lot that's kept from us. That, that is fairly obvious, um, and that ultimately one day, as uh, perhaps as we explained before or discussed before, I think that whatever it is is far more shocking than we could ever realise. And uh, one gets an impression that the the authorities are, are, are trying to protect us in some way, you know, the, the, the nanny state. Um, but, but, but I believe that we should know because we have the right to know. Uh, and, and, but, of course, there is an awful lot kept from us. And as you said, maybe there's, this planet's been found, but, but this is kept from us because the last thing they want to do is destabilize any infrastructure. Uh, and, and this is, of course, why disclosure won't take place for many years. Yeah, I think we, we kind of uh, agreed that it'll probably be yeah, uh, yeah. way after our lifetime we, when we spoke earlier today. Uh, I we, agree, but but yeah. some people, of course, uh, are optimistic, and there's nothing wrong with that, feel that, that it's about to happen. But I've, I've always said that in the 1950s, in the 60s and the 70s and the 80s, I mean, there was huge waves of activity, not only Correct. In, in the States, but in France. But as time goes by, of course, all those uh, sightings slowly erode and people pass away and reports mm -hmm. are destroyed. And then all you have is just the bare statistics, which mean nothing. Uh, and, and so, you know, going back to what I said before, it, it has to be documented. Um, you know, because it, it, because it, it's our right to know. And in a way, it's not about us now, is it? It's about when we're not here, uh, 50, 60, 70 years time when we're not here. Uh, you know, this, this, this should be recorded. Um, oh, I completely agree, but you know what would be the worst thing, to, uh, not to get you off, but it would be the worst case scenario that it, let's say we don't have another Roswell, we don't have another Rendlesham Forest, we don't have another big event in the next 50, 60 years, and it becomes like status quo that nothing happens from here to the next 100 years. And a lot of the people that have been involved in the big cases over the last 50 years do, of course, pass away. That's gonna ha That happens to all, we all pass away people, that's... Sadly, what happens? We all die. Uh, in fact, you spend more time dead on this planet than you do alive. Put that <laughs> in the back of your mind for a second and think about that. But, you know, once everybody involved in ufology now does pass away, say nothing happens from here to another hundred years, uh, there could be that chance that people generally would not care or even forget about the subject. So you're absolutely right. Documenting everything that happens now is the only bridge to the future in case what they want, and I'm talking about the New World Order, the Illuminati, whoever that they are that is running the, the whole show, if they get their way and they wipe out uh, any future events from happening and they don't give us disclosure, uh, it is possible that everything could just uh, kind of be forgotten, couldn't it? Yeah, I, I mean, it's, I often wonder if we're going to see waves of activity once again in the 21st century starting in 47, uh, because if you look back at the 20th century, okay, there are a number of reports, um, but nothing like, you know, it all started in... 47, which, which, of course, some people think that 47 atomic bomb explosions and, and all this sort of stuff has, has, has sparked it off. But, of course, uh, sightings do go back in, into history. Further, yep. But maybe those um, prolific waves of activity will start in 47 and 67, 77, 78, 80. 
and 95 uh, but they I, I do believe that they are actually tailed off as such that's my impression and that we don't get too many reports of, of well of close encounters anymore or landed objects but of course I may, may be wrong with that but that, that is my impression at the moment but things will change because because they always will and how much do you think of the reports in the 80s were authentic like for example uh, speaking of close encounters communion by Whitney Strieber. Uh, do you think his encounter or his uh, experience was authentic? I, I do, yeah, because some of the uh, experiences that people have uh, have given to me, and um, I've interviewed quite a number, similar experiences and, um, uh, you know, some of these things are, are quite frightening and... and um, yeah, I, I mean, it doesn't matter sometimes how bizarre, how incredible, how ridiculous these these experiences are. Um, what always stands out is the genuineness of 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 the UFO witness, and of course, we're not we, we're also talking about pilots and and uh, senior RAF mm-hmm. and United States Air Force pilots. And I was saying astronauts also. Oh, well, astronauts, uh, yeah, yeah. Well, look, Edgar Mitchell, he's had the, the guts to come forward, and, and Robert, he- uh, sorry, uh, Helia from Canada. But mm-hmm. of course, so many have done, but it doesn't seem to dent the establishment, does it? It doesn't seem that's, that's it, the disparaging thing about it all. Hey, John, wasn't there a case, uh, the pilot from Guernsey or Jersey? I can't remember which of the Channel Islands he was going. The, yeah, the, the cigar shaped thing. Bowers, was it? Mr. Bowers. Bowers. Yeah. Wow, that was yeah. a fascinating tale he had. It, it was, but if I can say that I have a thousand like that, uh, you know, I mean, I've got so many cases, um, and I've no idea how. I've ended up with all of this stuff because when I first started out, um, I had little, but unfortunately, or fortunately, I do have a massive amount. And I've always said that it doesn't matter what it is, uh, it has to be documented. And that's what I've, I suppose, what I've done. Um, and it isn't about me. Um, it's about future generations. Um, it, you, the thing is, at least it keeps me out of trouble. UFO, <laughs> or it gets you in a whole, it gets you in a whole different kind of trouble, John. Uh, not so much now. Which <laughs> uh, I cannot tell. <laughs> well, let me ask you, Abby, would you like to experience uh, going on a ride if, uh, if aliens came down and visited? Would you? Would you be open for uh, that close encounter? Well, I, I sp- would I have any choice? That, that that's the thing. Probably not. <laughs> Probably not. No. I, I mean, I have. I just have to say that uh, before I forget, uh, one particular. I did have a sighting in 1996, and I was with my son Keith and uh, June. June, whatever it is, it's all recorded. And we were stood uh, we stood having a drink, and we'd had one pint. And if you can imagine, it was a, a, a dark night and the stars were out. It was a clear night and you'd got a solitary satellite wandering over as they do. Uh, and then you've got an aircraft going in. And all of a sudden, from the northern horizon to the southern horizon uh, and in a celestial arc, uh, appeared two huge objects, uh, sharply defined, uh, if you can, bolted together is the only expression, side by side, and they rose up from the 
from the northern hemisphere and over to, into the southern hemisphere in three seconds. Now, at some stage, I'm sure that, that depending on the distance involved and the three seconds, these were huge things. They were as big as dustbin lids in the sky compared to a pinprick of a satellite. Now, I saw them go over, and at the time, I thought, this is fantastic. What on earth could they be? And a little bit embarrassing when you have a UFO sighting like that because... Um, you don't know what to tell people, but somebody suggested it was the Mir space station refueling, which, of course, is a load of rubbish. Um, but subsequently, <laughs> subsequently since then, I've encountered many similar stories. Um, but problem is, I, like yourself, I don't know what they are, where they come from. The only right. thing I do know is that their be- peculiarities of behavior will continue to do so, as they always have done. Now, how much of a sightings could be attributed to like say for example especially in the last 30 years uh to like space debris falling into earth orbit well of course i've also covered uh, those incidents uh and um one would obviously speculate that that on those occasions yeah absolutely space debris or fireballs or bleeds i remember years ago i went to see a, a, a young uh, man and his mother and he said to me he was quite frightened he said he walked outside one night and all of a sudden the sky was dark and all of a sudden the sky was blue the whole everywhere lit up with a blue light for three or four seconds well he mm. thought it was alien spacecraft or whatever but of course it was a fireball and um so these things do happen but um i i've, I've certainly yet to f- i mean the statistics for me indicate that that 90% of the stuff I come across can't be explained but doesn't mean to say that in the process of time that science may well find an explanation for us which will fit yeah you guys ever look at the black knight satellite yes I have that's interesting stuff right there. Yeah, John, what do you think of uh, the Black Knight satellite? Hey, I'm hoping you gentlemen, with your with your, your much experience in matters such as that, will tell me what the hell that is because because <laughs> uh, <laughs> I don't know. I, uh, Black Knight. It's, uh, obviously, it's a satellite, so I get marks for that. Yes, you you're, look. It's it's a Black Knight in the satellite. You're absolutely right. It's a, <laughs> so it's a co- is it a covert thing or is it a something? That we don't know. We don't know. Nobody right, knows. No. Nobody knows what this thing is, John. It's a satellite. It's black. It looks like it's like a stealth bombers type satellite. Right. It's floating above in space. Nobody claims to own it. Nobody knows what it is. It seems the crazy be- thing. It's been in orbit for at least that we know of. Uh, we've known about it since the 1920s. Yeah, they claim twelve thousand years. Okay. Yeah, that's what they think. Yeah. Some people think it's a sort of a monitoring device because I, 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 when you referred to it as a Black Knight satellite, I, I, I really didn't know what you meant by that. But I, I know that occasionally that uh, you know I've come across newspaper articles uh, relating to this this uh, strange uh, space junk that's been orbiting the Earth for a long time and nobody knows what it is. So well, it's not know. just orbiting. That's the whole problem. It actually has a unique orbit, to say the least. It's in a polar orbit mm-hmm. that goes counterclockwise, which is contrary yeah. to every mm-hmm. other satellite that humanity itself has ever launched. And the craziest part is uh, they've tried to get near it, and usually when they get close to it... It moves uh, away. It either moves away or there's technical failure on the yeah, spacecraft. They, they, got a, they got recent footage. That's why I brought it up, guys. There's something on YouTube yeah. recently. They, they came close... 
They came close to it with recent footage lately. Oh, really? Really? Could you could you cut and paste that link into Skype so we could take a look at it? Because I've been following the Black Knight stuff for a long time, and I you know, I, got I, a chance to. Yeah, I haven't even got a chance to look at it yet. I just glanced at it. It was some guy did a fifteen-minute YouTube, and there's only about three minutes of footage on it. I'll get the link. Hang on. Okay. Yeah, hang, link, link that to us. So definitely yeah, want to check ab- that out. absolutely. I know Philip K. Dick, who is a very, very prolific author, actually mm-hmm. says to have communicated with the Black Knight <laughs> satellite, which caused him to author a couple of different books. Um, mm-hmm. I don't know if I'm totally there with him on that one, but. Um, you know, there's records of it that even uh, when Tesla was testing out some of his technology, correct, uh, yeah. and dealing with some of uh, the radio technology that Edison and uh, Fermi were working on, they kept on getting echoes back, but with a significant time delay. So interesting, yeah, yeah. I I I, I find this more than fascinating to say the least. Uh, and of course, the the anomalies that uh, we often see from from that have been released by NASA, some of those uh, are oh, incredible. Oh yeah, the photos from yeah the photos from NASA are more than interesting. It is not a piece of space junk. It is, yeah. Yeah. you know, especially when it's in orbit, in polar orbit, and when something tries to get near it, it moves away. And it's been doing this constantly. If it was something made by humanity, it would have run out of fuel by now. Mm. Mm. I know some a short time ago a, a, a colleague of mine who's oddly he's a, he's a British guy ex-pilot and um, he's met all of the astronauts and he he's very interested in uh, meteorites and space rocks and things and he knows all the guys. You still there, by the way? Hello. Yeah, 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 we're all here. Some strange, I'm getting some strange noises, like somebody's just picked up a uh, a glass of beer. And no, so what's going on is uh, we have James Swagger here sharing. <laughs> he's sharing the link to uh, the YouTube uh, oh, video see, that we were talking about. Up a drink, I was going to say. <laughs> <laughs> um, yeah. Well, you know, it, it it's almost three in the mo- it's almost three in the morning here, so I can imagine the time over there, uh, James. Oh, right, so it's, it's probably uh, time to get a drink. Nearly eight o'clock <laughs> in the morning, and the sun's out, which is. Pretty fantastic thing in England to see the sun, you know. So we we have great celebrations for that. But going back to the the, the NASA images, the the one that really uh, I, I that really set me was the 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 it was explained away as a, um, a rock structure on the desert floor, and it looked just like a whale's skeleton. And that that's really uh, that's interesting. Just just incredible, you know. How much of, of the what's going on on Mars do you think that we're being told uh, that, and what we're not being told? Well, there's so many artifacts on Mars, and uh, we mustn't forget that, that, of course, there's an also a lot of artifacts on the moon which have been right. uh, forgotten about. Um, uh, uh, speak, speaking of which, have you seen the Mona Lisa alien footage for the Apollo 20 uh, mission in the 70s? Yeah. <laughs> Yeah. Wait, what are wait, your thoughts on that? By the way, wait what? three weeks, folks. Wait three weeks, and you'll all get in on this. Uh, it turns out my girlfriend's father—he finally admitted he used to work for NASA. So um, I'm hoping to. And he he actually saw that video, and he, yep, that's one of our LEM LEM modules. He's yeah. yeah. I showed him. I showed him the tw- the Apollo 20 video while we, I was having dinner at his, house, and he's like. Yeah, that's not stage. That's a real LEM module that that you're seeing on that Apollo 20 YouTube video. Yeah. Um, 
He's well, just one like, of the yeah. vi- one of the videos you can actually see the astronaut's face in the video mm-hmm. as oh, it pans yeah. from the as it pans from the astronaut he's playing with like a camera or something <laughs> and it pans from him over to the alien on the table uh, or the Mona Lisa being. Um, mm-hmm. John, what are your thoughts on that? Because that that is I think really amazing footage if authentic. I mean that that put the link in the box, is... guys. What is this thing? Just you, you... just YouTube Apollo twenty. Or Mona Lisa Alien, and that's how you'll, you'll find everything on there. I'll send you some more links later where you can actually see the astronaut's face. Uh, mm. But listen, guys, we're actually almost out of time. And oh, John, good God, no. We, I, we, have to have you, we have to have you back on soon. You're, you've been just an awesome guest to have on the show here. No, I know, I know there's, James. There's so much I haven't, uh, haven't told you, and, and, uh, but I will look forward to um, speaking uh, to you again. And uh, I, I, I am pleased that I in, unintentionally stumbled across was that uh, last night um, but it's, it's great great uh, great for you to invite me on the show and thank you so much no no thank you for making time for us and, oh, no, and no. Again, by the way we still have five plus minutes if we want to get into this by the way folks we'll, 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 we'll get into it in a second but I do want to give uh, John enough time to uh, plug his website and, oh, yeah, absolutely. and uh, the, the book and all that stuff uh, before it gets too too late uh, John, give uh, give everybody your web links. Uh, anything that you want to promote? Well, if if anybody wants to you. contact me, as I say, I'm always here. Uh, you can find the details uh, of me on the internet, but my email details are John J O H N D A W N, which is John Dawn One at Sky dot com. Or if you look on Amazon dot com, Amazon dot co dot uk, and the other websites, you'll see Haunted Skies books, and uh, we we've worked hard at them. And the thing is, we've, we've made nothing and don't expect to make anything. But what we have done is recorded some pretty interesting stuff. And all I'll say is that if people, people buy the books and if they think the books are rubbish, please tell me. But I think they'll, they'll, they'll really enjoy them. And uh, that, that's as much as I can do, really. It, it looks like a wonderful read. I can't wait to actually – I'm going to order one on Amazon and uh, get me a copy so I can check it out. So next well, time you're on the show – Mm, well, I just know. say I, I do publish my own books now in color, and uh, you know, if I didn't publish them in color, I, there's no way a publisher would uh, would publish books of 600 pages with hundreds of images in them. So mm. uh, that's that's great. I'm pleased. I'm pleased with the product. If anybody, but just before you go, I, I, what I do need, if anybody's interested in helping us with with any illustrations, because we've we've worn out too many illustrators over the years. If anybody <laughs> wants to help us, they'll be more than welcome. And if they want to put a photograph of their dog or cat or, or whatever in in the book, <laughs> they can. I'm being serious now. I mean, we we appreciate uh, how much help people have given us, but. The opportunities there if people want to contact us. Oh, definitely, and uh, we'll give them again a way to contact you just in case anybody's interested. Plus, well, so if yeah, well, I'm on Facebook. I'm Haunted Skies Facebook and John Hansen on on Facebook or or John Dawn One at Sky dot com. Um, but our details are on there. Just stick in John Hansen UFO, and you'll find us. And right. of course, cool. John John Hansen was the first president of the United States, wasn't he? Did you yes, gentlemen know that? Wait, 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 did you just say the first president of the United States? He was indeed, for six Ex- months. Explain per- that to him, yeah. Ex- yeah explain that to uh, Mr. Allen here, who I don't think is aware of his historical facts. <laughs> yeah. Really, really? What yeah, then he got sacked. Then he got sacked, I think. So. Uh, well, at least he didn't get assassinated. <laughs> <laughs> oh, that's 
<laughs> you know, sacked is one thing, assassinated is another. Yes. Nice speaking to you, John. I hope to get you That's on my show pretty soon. Yeah, I'll speak to you soon, James. Okay. Yeah. Both of you, it was great, great hearing from both of you and talking to you. And by the way, to all those listeners who did not call in, you guys need to call in the next time these guys are on to talk with them as well. Uh, John, I will uh, contact you shortly uh, with uh, getting you booked back on the show here because, again, it's been just a fabulous two hours. Uh, Sadly, it goes by so quick here on Skywatchers Radio, and uh, it's a a shame because we do have a lot to cover, and I really want to get you back on the show to talk about this Mona Lisa video. Because this is this could blow the the, the whole lid off of this thing. You know, this is uh, proven to be authentic, and this has been floating around the internet for the last couple of years, and not enough people are talking about it, which gets me. Like, why aren't people focusing in on this video? Like, I would. You know, They're if being I was doing told a, not to. But if I was doing a video show somewhere, which I, again I don't have the face for TV. I'm sorry, uh, everybody listening. I have a face for radio. But if I was to do a TV show based on ufology, this is the one video I'd be talking mm-hmm. about constantly. It's Tom amazing Lopez. footage. It's mm-hmm. a amazing, amazing footage. Uh, but uh, John, again, thank you so much. And James, okay. uh, plug your show on here on the network uh, when people can listen into your show. Oh, Capricorn Radio uh, Tuesdays at two p.m. Eastern and Fridays at six p.m. Eastern and. Uh, I'm also on the Dark Matter Radio Network as well, but uh, CapricornRadio.com for my show and uh, CapricornMembers.com as well for uh, the archives. And I hope to have John on pretty soon. Okay, thank you. Uh, So I sign off now, gentlemen. John, pleasure talking. We'll talk again soon, sir. Thank you. Have a great night. Bye. Bye. Be well. All right, everybody. This has been just a blast having uh, John on and James and uh, everybody listening in. Again, like uh, Alan said, shame on you for not calling in. You should definitely call in next time, especially now that we're on the overnight hour, 1 a.m. to 3 every Tuesdays. Or Wednesday, technically, I guess. Wednesday, yeah. yeah, some parts Wednesday, Wednesday, some parts Tuesdays. Yeah, it depends on where you are. Yeah, depending so, on uh, your time zone, absolutely. Correct, yeah. Wednesday, Tuesday, whatever. Point is, we're live overnight, so please, you know, interact with us. Call us next time. Uh, join in on the show. It's always a blast to have you guys uh, interacting with us. So for everybody on the network, Dark Matter Radio Network, everybody on PSN Radio, for Keith Rowland, our webmaster, and chief in charge, I want to thank you all and bid you a nice evening and, or good morning, whatever. <laughs> Take care, everybody. Have a great Peace. night. <laughs>